the late night anger management class has begun. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenzi, the pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between. It's bowl season. It's NFL playoff uh, season. The Super Bowl is around the corner. NBA basketball, full slate. Ton of stuff uh, going on. Ton of stuff uh, to break down. Steve Merrill's going to step up, and then we're going to run the gauntlet. We've got the Cotton Bowl uh, tomorrow night. The Oklahoma Sooners and the Florida Gators are on uh, tap. Of course, we've got the semifinal rapidly approaching. Fortunately, we have the end of 2020 rapidly approaching uh, as well. The Milwaukee Bucks, is it revenge for losing in the playoffs? Probably not. Uh, but I'm sure that they still enjoyed beating the Miami Heat 144 to 97. That's what happened uh, tonight. No Jimmy Butler and Milwaukee just kicked the living crap out of the Miami Heat uh, this evening. 144 97, the final score. Uh, if you tuned into last night's uh, program, uh, we were talking uh, some Toronto Raptor basketball with Pete Annapolis, and we talked about how the Toronto Raptors just can't close games uh, this year. Raptors are now 0 3. All right, the Raptors are now 0-3, and the Raptors have had, like, double-digit leads in, like, basically every game. We've only played three games. Um, I don't know. They, I don't think they had a double-digit lead against the Spurs. It might have gotten up to seven or eight type thing, but I know they were up by four with, like, 50 seconds left, and they blew that uh, as well. They were in control most of the game against the Philadelphia 76ers as the Toronto Raptors Man, they're like a baseball team, like uh, that, you know, with, with like a bad bullpen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like their closer sucks. Like they can't close, uh, they can't close basketball games. All right. Uh, you know who can't close basketball games? The New Orleans Pelicans. Because to be able to close a basketball game, you actually have to be in a basketball game. And at what point are the Pelicans just sort of like, yeah, whatever? So you got a bunch of dudes that dunk. All right, cool. How's it working out for you? How's it working out for you? The Phoenix Suns starting to put it together, though. Uh, I'll tell you that uh, much. Uh, the New York Knicks uh, get it done. And we all knew that, you know, listen, all un, uh, undefeated streaks have to come to an end. There's been some fun ones this year. San Jose State Spartans, it's been a, been a hell of a ride. Coastal Carolina went on a hell of a run before losing to Liberty. But I have to say, like, right, you know, if we're going to talk about team of the year and story of the year, in 2020, I think the, uh, the 2020 Cleveland Cavaliers deserve some love. The 3 0 run is done. The late night anger management class has just begun. Bring it. Took you long enough to get here, Sporto. Now that you found us, keep it right here for sports news you can use. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. Took you long enough to get here, Sporto. Now that you found us, keep it right here for sports news you can use. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. You're listening to a different kind of sports talk. We're not just talk about sports, but talk about sports you can use. Get the winning edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenzi. We're throwing it down. It's the Twisted Tuesday. We got a full house. Drew Martin Betts going to step up in it. I don't know if Drew's in Vegas or if he's in Florida. It's hard to keep up uh, with Drew. He's somewhere. 
Uh, I don't know. Uh, he's somewhere. But, yeah, Drew Martin, Bet's going to step up at him. Steve Merrill uh, returns. Steve hasn't been um, – Steve hasn't been on the program for like a week, and it feels like we haven't spoken to him in like two months or, or something like that. We miss Merrill. We miss Merrill. So uh, there were two bowl games today, and two quarterbacks get hurt. Uh, two star quarterbacks that get hurt. Derek King uh, was on crutches before this uh, cheese it. Imagine, like you shred your knee for the cheese it bowl. Like, what, what you know, <laughs> you got a cheese it, cheese it uh, swag pack, uh, basically. Although I will say, I will say, and I maintain this. I said this uh, earlier in the day today, and I maintain this take, that all college bowl games, like, unless you can put it in a bowl, you can't be a sponsor. Like, it's got to be, like, you got to be able to, like, it's got to be, like, in a bowl. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, the Reese's Pieces Bowl, the M&M's Bowl. How come it's not an M&M's Bowl? How cool would that be? The M&M's Bowl. Right? Like, unless you can put it in a bowl, and I just thought it was cool. I was like, cheese it perfect. Cheese its are perfect for a bowl, especially to watch a bowl game. And as Steve Merrill joins us, Steve, I don't know if you saw, but uh, I'm a man. Um, Mike Gundy, uh, instead of Gatorade, they poured like it was, <laughs> they had the tub of Gatorade, but it was full of cheese its. And he didn't know. He thought he was going to get all wet. And like, so they poured like, you know, thousands of Cheez-Its over him. Great, great stuff. He was pull, pulling him out of his shirt and stuff. Out of Steve, good to have you back. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Yeah, you too, Gabe. And yeah, I was just happy that they held on to covers a one-point favorite when they were up 21 nothing. It was looking pretty good early in that game. And then they, of course, made you sweat it like a lot of these bowl games do. Yeah, you know what, Steve? I've been saying this, and listen, you've been betting a long time, and you cap a lot of different sports. I've said I, I think bowl games are the most difficult thing in all of sports uh, betting. And, you know, whatever we talk about tennis and cricket and etc. But you know, you know what I mean. As far as the major the major sports are concerned, I think bowl season is the trickiest handicap, Steve. Yeah, but what's funny about that, Gabe, is that over the years, you know, it's been very good for me for that reason because I would take those 10 or 12-point underdogs that could win outright because the favorite didn't want to be in those early bowl games, you know, and they would soar over the total because neither team cared about being in those early bowl games. And I really don't feel like those angles work this year, though, because, you know, these teams are basically just playing another game. They're not there for one or two weeks. There's no distractions to take them away from the game. They travel, they play, they go home. Um, so I think this year is definitely different. Yeah, it's been just a random college football season in general, so I think that does make it tricky. You know, it's funny you said that because I did wager talk today earlier, and I mentioned how the NBA is really setting up well. I've won four straight here. I missed my first couple games last week, but I've won four straight, and I just love how this NBA season is playing out with the back-to-backs and with teams not caring and the head-to-head reverse you know, matchups. And one of the odds makers that was on the show after me said the sports books are really struggling with the NBA and they don't know what to do. And I'm thinking to myself, well, that makes me like it even more because sometimes that uncertainty, like in the bowls or the NBA this year, can actually help you as a handicapper. That's a great point to you, Ray, Steve. And uh, I'm so caught up in football. I'm so caught up in, in the bowls. And, you know, it's bowl season. It's NFL playoffs. So we're going to spend the majority of the shows talking about, you know, football. But as you stated, I'm noticing just these crazy scheduling spots, crazy scheduling spots uh, for teams right now uh, in the NBA and even college basketball uh, for that matter. But I want to start to pick these spots uh, in in the NBA uh, right now. 
And I talked about this, Steve, coming into the year. Um, I wanted to take a look at teams that didn't go far in the bubble, that, you know, maybe they didn't even mm-hmm. make the playoffs at all. Just they're, they're excited to play basketball. You know, the, that bubble went on for a while, man, that all those teams were in there. So think about, like, those eight teams or whatever it was that didn't, like, play any uh, basketball at all. They're like, it feels like it really was an offseason for them. They're dying to get back on the court, right? And then you get these other teams that went further. Like, you look at the Miami Heat, dude. They're still beat up from the finals, Steve. You know what I'm saying? It's been such a quick turnaround. They're still beat up. <laughs> like, like you know, the Lakers are still have still have injuries that they had uh, during the finals that are lingering. And then you get these fresher teams like the Portland Trailblazers, bad taste in their mouth. Uh, Pacers, even though the Pacers blew it tonight, Pacers got swept in the bubble, came out hot so far this year, Steve. Yeah, I mean, just look at the standings. Like the Raptors start 0-3, Bucks 2-2, Heat 1-2, Lakers 2-2. I mean, yeah. I mean, the best teams in the league last year are all below 500, basically. And um, I did a preview show a couple weeks ago, and Andrew McGinnis was actually on. He'll be on later, of course. And we all talked about how you want to look to kind of play on these teams, as you said, Gabe, that – had the extra rest, you know, have a little bit, a little bit fresher legs, a little bit fresher motivation, because it's hard to imagine these big boys like the Bucks or the Lakers, especially who won the title, are going to care about these seventy games. It's just going to be load management for these teams. They know they're making the playoffs, and they want to be fresh. And I, as you, you and I always talk about, there's always more value with the underseason wins, you know, because bad stuff can happen. There's really no upside, but there's a lot of downside with injuries or COVID issues. So, like Bucks, Clippers, and Lakers had the three highest team totals. Play them all under, you know, and it's, so far it's working. Uh, the one team I did like over, and I mentioned it in that show, was uh, the Atlanta Hawks. They're in the low 30s, and the Hawks are yeah. exactly what you're talking about, a young team, a lot of depth, and they didn't play in the playoffs last year. Um, that's the type of team I'm looking to play on. I've got to, you know, it's amazing, though, just if you look at the standings, as you stated, Steve, you know, this is obviously, I'm going to say, if the season ended today. But the fact of the matter is, <laughs> the Lakers and the Miami Heat wouldn't be in the playoffs. <laughs> like, they both, like, you know what I mean? They were in the finals. As you stated, like, the in Miami the Heat. Like, yeah, and, and like, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks are on the outside looking in. I'm just saying, yeah, look at the playoffs in Eastern Conference, right? Look at the status. Orlando's in first place, 4-0. and Atlanta, 3-0. and Cleveland, 3-1. and Pacers, 3-1. and Philadelphia, 3-1. and Brooklyn two and two, the Knicks two and two, and Boston two and two. You know what I mean? It's like wow. Um, and obviously it's early right now, but I brought it up. So Steve, you know, listen, I'm a diehard Toronto Raptor fan, and I'm like Pete Rose. All right, when Pete Rose was betting baseball guys, if you don't know the story, they say, and Pete never bet against the Reds, right? He never did, and it really is true. But the thing is. They knew when he didn't bet on the Reds that that meant he thought they were going to lose, Steve. You know what I'm saying? So, like, Pete's bookies caught on to this. They're like, no, nah, he's hardcore. He doesn't, like, he never bets against the Reds. And when he was managing the Reds, he never bet against the Reds. But a couple of times a week, he wouldn't bet on himself. They, he wouldn't bet on the game. And I, you know, that tells me he didn't really have confidence they were going to win. He didn't like the pitcher or whatever. So... I feel the same way. It's like the Raptors. I'll either bet on them or I'll sort of pass, but I kind of feel like I left a winner on the table today because it's the third game in a row, Steve, where the Raptors play good. They're they're up by double digits. They're playing well, but you never get the feeling that they're going to pull away. Like, let let me rephrase it. The Raptors are up by eight points, but they don't look good doing it. 
but they're up all the time. And then they just collapse in the fourth quarters of these basketball games. Three straight games, same scenario. Yeah, and I mean, just to show how crazy this season is going to be, I had the Mavericks, um, as I mentioned, I missed the first two games of the season. One of them was the Mavericks last Friday. I've won four straight since then. But I had the Mavericks on um, Christmas night against the Lakers, and they were never really in that game. And then they come out the very next game, and they lead the L.A. Clippers by 50 points at the half, an NBA all-time record in the modern era. And the Clippers were maybe were actually the odds-on favorite to win the championship last year in the restart. And then they got bumped, obviously, by the Nuggets, you know, in seven. So it's not like they beat some slouch team. They led the Clippers on the road by 50. So, I mean, we've never seen that happen before, and it's one of the better teams in the league. So, yeah, there's some weird stuff that's going to happen this year. And just to piggyback on what you said, I'm going to name seven teams here. Do you think this is the playoffs in or out right now? Lakers, Warriors, Mavericks, Nuggets, Grizzlies, Thunder, Rockets. They're all in the out right now in the Western Conference. Crazy. Steve Merrill uh, with us. All right, we're going to hit uh, we're going to hit uh, the, the Bulls. We're going to hit the NFL, more NBA talk, all that and more. Again. Remember that state championship game you played in high school? Yeah. We, we can't get over it either. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Took you long enough to get here, Sporto. Now that you've found us, keep it right here for sports news you can use. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. Don't think of us as just sports talk. Think of us as a full immersion crash course in sports news you can use. You listen, you learn. Get the winning edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Yeah, Mo, that team sure did suck last night. They just played sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Late night anger management class continues. I am Renzi. Thank you, Orange. Steve Merrill kicking it with us. A lot of stuff I want to get to uh, with Steve. And I saw I saw someone in our chat, uh, Steve, saying uh, earlier, too much college talk uh, on this show. Um, yeah, I, 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 can you imagine, Steve, talking college sports in bowl season, right? Uh, like, <laughs> who, who would have imagined ever talking talking about college sports in the middle of college football bowl season and the semifinals? Just two days away. Um, but as far as the NBA, and I want to get into the college football and NFL with you as your Washington football team on the verge of winning a division title, uh, potentially, uh, Steve. Um, so I want to get into that. But you mentioned so the, the craziness of the NBA, and it's one of these deals. There's so much going on. Me and Cam are on live. We're on, you know, from six to nine, and we're doing our thing. We're on during the, you know, we're watching the Cheez It Bowl and stuff. And there's all these big games. So you have, you know, the Alamo Bowl, uh, the Suns, the Suns and the Pelicans, the Bucks and the Heat. Uh, you know, there's all these big games. I had my eye on Sacramento uh, all day. And the Clipper and the T-Wolf game kind of, you know, flew under the radar to me. And it was one of these deals where it's like about an hour before the game. I was like, how the hell do we not just blindly bet the first half of this game, Steve? After being down 50, like even with El Kawhi Leonard, you're down 50 at the half. You figure, like, come on, how are they not going to respond in the first half? And in the first quarter, hey, the game was close. Uh, but uh, when it was all said and done, they were up by 20 at the half. So that's, you know, that's as you stated. You and I have been talking about the zigzag uh, theory for years. And you know I'm a fan of multiple zigzag theories, uh, Steve. So um, we've been talking about that. But, yeah, that was a winner tonight that, you know, 
That one should have been smashed. No one, there's no way in hell the Clippers are not going to compete in the first half tonight. Yeah, I mean, just in general, I think the takeaway is that, you know, teams that we think are going to be good teams, if they're coming off a bad loss or something, you know, let's look to play them because you look at the Bucks, what they win by 47 tonight in the statement game at Miami. And, you know, Milwaukee's a team that's had a bad loss already this season. It's a double-digit favorite as well. So it just shows me, you now you kind of have to have a feel for which team you think are legit. You just have to predict when they're going to play. You know, and you look at the Nets. I played against Brooklyn on Sunday with the Hornets. The Hornets won outright as an 11-point dog in overtime. Nets came back on Monday night against Memphis yesterday, played another overtime game. They sat Duran and Irvin in that game, you know. So the load management is critical. And that's kind of what the odds maker was saying earlier today on the show I was on, is that, you know, they just don't know what to do. They just don't know who's going to be playing. And I think as a better as a handicapper, if we pick our spots here, I mean, the situational – it's really just purely situational handicapping with the NBA more than ever. It usually is, but I mean, throw the stats out the window. They mean absolutely nothing. It's just a pure situational handicap day by day. It really is. And you know, these teams are right back at it. Boston's playing Memphis uh, tomorrow, Uh, Milwaukee and Miami. This is whack. They're playing again. Um, They're playing again. So this, this is what we're talking about. You know, Steve, you know, uh, with the NHL starting coming up in a couple of weeks, their schedule, there's a couple of instances where the same teams are going to play each other four days in a row. <laughs> like, they're just going to like, okay. all right, we're going to wipe this out so we don't have to travel again. You know what I mean? Boom. We're going to play three days in a row. Basically, they're going to do like baseball. Some three-game series, two-game series. So, you know, not, they don't like the four-game set, but I think there's two of them when it's all said and done. I think there's two of them. And, you know, a very interesting handicap, Steve. This is the one thing that you and I, we, we've talked about, and I'm always fascinated by our conversations. And I remember, remember, Steve, how I, and I caught on real early to this, and I loved it, bro. It was in the, the Stanley Cup playoffs and the NBA playoffs. And you and I talked about it, how the point spreads were the same all the time. Right? So yeah. you were getting these situations at great value. It was like, well, Miami's going to beat Milwaukee again. Why aren't they? It's not like they're going back to Milwaukee or anything. And then they would win again. It's like five-point underdogs. Remember, it would happen over and over. And in hockey, they didn't change the numbers at all. Like, every game, the series would go seven games, and the team that was plus 150 the whole series would still be plus 150. So even if you lose the game seven, you already cashed a bunch of tickets, Steve, in the series. Like like you said, the, the odds makers, they can handicap an event. They can handicap the X's and O's, the numbers, the stats, the yards, the three-point shots, the blocks. They, you know, Their algorithm can put all this in, but all of this other stuff with games back-to-back-to-back, bubble, hubs, no fans, COVID, they can't, they can't put any of that in the computer, Steve. Yeah, it's an excellent point, Gabe. I mean, that's exactly where you get an edge as a handicapper. You're, you're exactly right about that. The odds, the point spreads are sharper than they've ever been on average because the, the math, the, the formulas, you know, everything is, is spot on, like you said. But what the computers can't do, they can't feel, they can't love, and they can't handicap <laughs> emotional situations, you know. And that's, like I said with the NBA, you know, that's how you're handicapping every game this year. And that's probably why that odds maker earlier today that was on the show with me said that the odds makers don't know what to do with the NBA. And it makes a lot of sense now that we're talking about it because, yeah, they're pure numbers. And, hey, look, I'm a number guy. You know that. Um, but for the NBA handicapping, I'm not. 
And yeah, I think that's where you find your edge. You know, once again, they got to put a number on every game. I always say that as well. The one edge you have is that you don't have to play all 30 games, or they have to put a number up for all 30 college football games. You know, and you pick those two or three where there's an edge. Uh, that's how I'm approaching the NBA. And by the way, I don't see a line for that Milwaukee uh, Miami rematch yeah. yet tomorrow. It'll be very interesting to see how they adjusted after a 47 point margin tonight. Read my mind. And uh, what, what's the deal with Jimmy Butler? It was a long term, not long term injury, but is, can he play? I, I, they must be wondering about that. And I got to tell you, Steve, yeah. I'm going to walk. I'm, I'm betting this like we just talked about. It. Situational spot. Give me the Miami Heat in the first quarter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Give me the Miami yeah. Heat in the first quarter. Miami Heat first half. Dude, they just lost by 47 points on their home court. Like, And they get a chance to play the same team the next night on their home court again. We never see this, Steve, ever. It's like unique situations. Yeah, I think it's awesome. I mean, I love it because I, I think you're exactly right. It's it's like a quicker version of the, uh, zig, the zigzag on crack. I mean, it's like we don't even have to wait for a day off for the rematch like we do in the playoffs. 2020 zigzag. It's, it's stronger and harder. <laughs> stronger. So let me ask you, Steve, about this. I brought this up earlier. So you look, Derek King gets hurt today. Miami Hurricanes. Now listen, Derek King was going to come back to Miami anyways. He he already told them, I'm coming back next year. And so he didn't just blow the NFL or anything like that, but he just shredded his knee uh, in the Cheez-It Bowl. So he's out. Sam Ellinger, same thing. I don't think Sam Ellinger is an NFL star, but nevertheless, he's playing in a meaningless bowl game and he ends up getting hurt, right? I don't know what the deal is with his shoulder, separated shoulder, whatever, whatever it was. Um, he ends up getting hurt. Zion played, Steve. Zion played for Duke after. And even though he knew he was going to be the number one pick, if he didn't play, he would have been the number one pick. Like, if you're Trevor Lawrence, like, you know, you must really love Dabo Sweeney, man. And I don't know, there must be hot chicks at Clemson, but even he's married now. He's married already. It's like Superman. I didn't not know flying. that. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence is engaged <laughs> and married and stuff. Yeah. What's yeah. his name? <laughs> you like that one, huh? Yeah, I tell you, you want to know? I was going to say that's horrible, Steve, but I'm going to come back at you. Andre. No, Agassi. he brought it upon himself. Andre he chose Agassi. to have the girl length hair and the headband. I mean, come on. He brought that one on himself. I didn't know he was married uh, or engaged, though. I didn't know that at all. Yeah, that was yeah, funny, yeah, though. Yeah. Good, good, good. Thanks. Good, thank you. I expect better from you, Meryl. I really do. But uh, uh, no, he's not listening. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, so, as I was going to say before, uh, before, uh, before I was even Nick in Chicago. Settle down, Meryl. Uh, even, even, you know, you know your ruffled feathers with the rage of holics. You're like, whoa, 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 hey, 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 hey. Okay, that's, so that's 2020 for you, man. It, everything's just too politically correct now. Yeah, yeah. He does look like Steffi Graf. I'll give you that. The tennis. He player. does, that was, and that was the whole. Yeah, oh, that's. I didn't think of Graf. He does look like Steffi Graf. That's a good point. That might be yeah. what I've been trying to figure out for like three years now, Gabe. I think well, he just solved it for me. <laughs> he does right look like Graf. He's got the exact like nose and eyes and everything. That's funny. Yes. Yeah, Graf. Wow. I never yes. said, yeah, that's been driving me crazy for three years now. I think you figured it out for me. <laughs> All right. So, as I was saying, um, <laughs> I mean, what's, he, what's he playing in these games for anyways? What are you going to play again? Like, what does he have to gain by playing in this? He's already the number one pick. Well, I mean, like, it's like, yeah, but he's going a for a national championship. Yeah, he's already won a national championship. 
I know. Tim Tebow won. Yeah, so yeah. who cares? Vince Young won a national championship. Does anyone care right now about that? Is anyone helping Vince Young out in his life? Because oh, he won a national championship, so he's got the memory. He's already got the memories. I'd rather have the memory of the ninety-eight million dollars I'm going to get in two months, and I'd rather not shred my knee uh, next week for free for some university that doesn't give two craps about me. I'm just saying, like, um, well, you know. Here's what I'm wondering, Gabe, is that I mean, he's got to have some kind of insurance policy. Now, it might not pay out $98 million, but I know like Lloyd's of London and stuff, like they used to offer those off policies. Um, so I would hope he has something, but I don't know if he does. And I, I get where oh, you're going no, with yeah, that. I mean, I, I, I hate I seeing these guys get hurt when they do play, you know, and I and always hope they have some kind of insurance. But, um, but look at Tua. Tua had a terrible injury. I mean, just 10 years ago, he's probably not playing anymore. 30 years ago, when we were growing up, these guys never would have recovered from these hip and knee injuries. So, I mean, they do rebuild these guys like they're robots. But, yeah, I get what you're going with that. I mean, it's I'm glad to see him playing. I'm glad to see him going for a national title. But I sure hope he has some kind of, you know, $50 million payout insurance policy just in case. $5 million it is. I see it now. Yeah, yeah that's not much. <laughs> yeah. He's already probably made $5 million at Clemson. It's less than he made. Bring it. Coming at you all day, every day, with more attitude than other lesser networks would deem appropriate. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. Took you long enough to get here, Sporto. Now that you found us, keep it right here for sports news you can use. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. If sports talk stations were cars, we'd be the one that you drove the wheels off of in high school, cruising for chicks and going to the game on Friday nights, then forgetting where you parked it till Saturday morning and you had to get your buddy to drive you around looking for it. I think I see it, man. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. You want some of this, don't you? Yeah! Well, you need to know the winners, and I know the winners. So call me now. Whoa! $5 for the first minute, $2 for each additional minute. You have reached the coach's hot line. Line. Yeah, lay it on me, coach. In the game of my MA mm-hmm. versus Sin. Cincinnati. Sin. Cincinnati. Not Cincinnati. Come on, come on. Don't you realize this is costing me money? Late night anger management class. I am Gable Morenzi. Shout out to all of our radio affiliates. Steve Merrill kicking it with us. Lucky Steve uh, Merrill kicking it with us. Um, so as long as um, as long as we're being jerks and uh, making bad jokes right here uh, tonight, I do want to. I, I am glad. All kidding aside, I am glad. I, I don't dislike Kirk Herbstreet. I think he's a nice guy. I think he's a good analyst. Uh, but but so we wish him the best, and we're glad that he's okay. He says uh, that he's feeling he's feeling all right, despite the fact that uh, he's tested positive uh, for COVID. Uh, he's going to be working the uh, the Sugar Bowl remotely. It's going to be working the Sugar Bowl remotely. Clemson and Ohio State. Now, as a Michigan fan, I just, I sort of recall Kirk Herbstreet saying that, uh, quote, Michigan waves the white flag and doesn't play Ohio State next week, which upset the Michigan athletic director, Kirk Herbstreet, totally implied that Michigan were ducking Ohio State and we're going to use COVID as an excuse. So, I can't help but bring up the fact that maybe Kirk Herbstreit's using COVID as an excuse, Steve, not to go to the game so he doesn't see his Ohio State Buckeyes get killed by <laughs> Trevor, Mr. Trevor Lawrence. What do you think, Merrill, about that take? 
<laughs> yeah, I was confused for a second when you brought up. I was like, we haven't talked about Kurt Perch. I thought maybe I said something about him too that I didn't recall, but I didn't know he had COVID. I hadn't heard that. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, what's about a 75% chance that he would see them lose, right? Because they're a seven-point underdog. <laughs> so I couldn't, I couldn't, I uh, couldn't resist uh, bringing uh, bringing uh, that up. It's funny. I mean, as soon as you make bad jokes about that stuff and call people out, it's going to come back and get you. And people have been pretty nice. To him. Yeah, people have been pretty nice to him on Twitter. I couldn't help but look at the comments. There were a few. There were a few. There was one one woman in Michigan who said, "I can't help but recall your snide and inappropriate comments about uh, Michigan." But I'm a nurse, so I I won't say anything to you. I wish you the best. <laughs> I thought, you know what? Well, that's nice. I'm not. A, I'm not a nurse, so I can say something. I was like, you know, he has been on my show before, but like, you know, I can't, you know, I can't, like, if I didn't say anything about anybody who's been on my show over the years, I wouldn't say anything about anybody. <laughs> I wouldn't say, say anything about anybody. All right, so Steve Slow, let's blast through, um, let's blast through some of these, uh, these bowl games. Um, so it begins, uh, we got a full slate tomorrow, uh, rolls through, not full slate, but we got a couple, we got an earlier game. And then we got the Cotton Bowl tomorrow. So what do you think about the Wake Forest game with Wisconsin? And then, of course, we've got the Cotton Bowl tomorrow night with uh, Florida and Oklahoma. Yeah, we were supposed to have three games. Uh, Missouri-Iowa has been postponed. I mean, I would assume it's canceled. It says postponed, but I I don't think they're making up any of these bowl games as far as I've seen. Um, Early kickoff. So, yeah, it's kind of a mess, too, Gabe, because the Missouri-Iowa game was going to be the 4 o'clock Eastern. So I assume is Wisconsin Wake still at noon? I don't know if they've moved that or not, but it's still looking like an oh. early kickoff. So, like, uh, you know, I kind of screwed the network. So you think they would have flexed that a little bit later? I mean, I'm not sure why they wouldn't because there's no fans really. But um, yeah, Wisconsin you just wonder about their motivation. I mean, this is a team I think very well could be one of the top, all things equal, healthy, you know, no distractions like they've had. I think they could have been at one of the top four teams in the country this year. Um, I think healthy and and fully focused, they probably could have beaten Ohio State. Um, but the Big Ten screwed them. We've talked about it here on the show. You know, they come out after the two games winning start, and they have a few weeks off with the COVID issues, and they're like, guess what? You're going to have to play six games to be in the title game. And Wisconsin goes out and, you know, what the bed the rest of the season after that. And then a few weeks later, well, Ohio State can still get in with five games. So, I mean, you know, Wisconsin really kind of got screwed this year, and they've just been kind of sleepwalking through the season since. I don't know. Do you trust them to all of a sudden show up as a 10-point favorite here? Uh, no, and it's a great point that you raise. I've talked about it too. Their season was sabotaged, in which what was the what was the motivation for them knowing? Yeah, you know what? Even if we run the table, we're not getting in. Only as Steve said, only for them to roll over for Ohio State. And you know what? I just wanted to bring something up about Herb Street and Ohio State. So let me ask you. And I think Herb Street's a great analyst, right? I, I really do. I enjoy his work on TV. I, I you know I, I think uh, Fowler's awesome. So. But without being stated, why is Herb Street doing the Ohio State game? Like, shouldn't he do the uh, the Alabama Notre Dame game? He wasn't the quarterback for right. Alabama or Notre Dame. Like, remember in the old days, they used to think about things like that. Like Herb Street will always say before a game when they do their picks, right? Well, I'm doing the game. Yeah. I can't get my All pick. Right. It's like, dude, you were the damn right. quarterback of the game. Do we think you're like cheering for Clemson tonight? Oh yeah, you're neutral, Kurt. You got Ohio State gear behind your head when you do your hits. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, oh, I'm neutral. I can't give a pick. What do you mean you can't give a pick? 
You played. Like, I don't understand. Like, they, dude, like, shouldn't he just be doing the Alabama-Notre Dame game? Like, he should. I'm not, It's not even a question. I'm telling you. If I'm like an old-school TV exec, I'm like, no, no, we're not putting the Ohio State quarterback. You want to piss Clemson guys off? Why don't we have a Clemson player on? You know what I mean? Like, where does it end? Why do we have an Ohio State guy on? Just put him on the other game. Uh, and, and you know what I mean? Like, I believe this. College, it pisses fans off. They don't have a choice of other broadcasts, Steve. If you're a Clemson fan, you want to tune in, you think you're going to get a fair call from Kirk Herbstreit? Come on. You know, what's interesting about that is you brought up what exactly what I was going to say. It was It's been a pet peeve of mine for 20 years when you're watching game day and these other pregame shows. The NFL does it sometimes, too. They They don't make a pick. And it took me about 10 years to even understand why they were doing that game. I'm like, are they betting on the game? I mean, that's all I'm thinking is point spread money, like when they're picking. And I finally realized like 10 years later, after all this confusion every week, that it's because they were calling the game as the analyst. I'm like, you got to yeah. be SH in me. I'm like, this is ridiculous. So, yeah, I mean, if that's the only reason I guess it makes sense. Otherwise, I would have never even thought twice about him calling the game, to be honest. And even if he was a bit of a homer, I think that would have made it even more entertaining, you know, honestly. Uh, but yeah, the whole thing that they don't do the picks in the pregame shows, like, like they're that they're that insecure that if they're calling the game, they're going to be rooting for the team because they picked them in the pregame show with no money on the line. I mean, you and I obviously look at things differently, I guess. Well, yeah, they don't want to offend either team. That's the that's the logic behind it. You know, uh, I don't want okay. to offend either team. I'm doing the game. It's like, yeah, whatever, dude. Like, you know what I mean? It's like you know you, when when they go to commercial, the best is I'm not going to give a pick on this game. And then they go to a commercial brought to you by FanDuel. <laughs> it's like, well, it's like, oh, you know, you can kind of pretend, guys, like that, you know, no picks. I, you know, anyways, I like when they give picks because, you know, they're never right. <laughs> play by play guys are the worst at that exactly. stuff. They always go with the home team in a favorite. It's always the same thing. Oh, you know, they're going to be tough to beat on home, to home field tonight. Um, so, Florida and Oklahoma. Um, what do you, you know, I, I was thinking back to the 2008 title game. We've been talking about it a lot. Is you know, I thought that game was going to go over for sure. Florida without uh, their three top uh, receivers in this game. What do you make of it? Is a trap here with Oklahoma? Everybody loves the Sooners, and the money's pouring in on the Sooners right now. Yeah, what a great game for December 30th. I mean, these are two teams that could have definitely been in the Final Four. And just a few weeks ago, you know, Florida had an excellent chance, so they lost to LSU. And I'll be honest, if if Oklahoma doesn't start one and two, they're in the playoff, in my opinion. Um, and I still rank them as one of the top four teams in the country right now. But this is a meaningless bowl game for two teams that really had chances at a national title. So you got to, once again, the motivation with Wisconsin. Same thing with both Florida and Oklahoma. The difference, though, Gabe, I would say, is that Oklahoma kind of knew they weren't in the running after week three, yeah. you know? Yeah. And they still yeah. saved their season and played extremely hard after the first month. Um, so I would expect them to still show up. Florida, meanwhile, had the rug pulled out from under them two weeks ago against LSU. They had to beat Alabama. They didn't think they would, but they still played them tough and covered, losing by only six. Boy, it's hard to imagine they're just going to flip a switch and show up here just a week and a half later. Yeah, they had their hearts ripped out. It's a great point. Oklahoma can end the season real strong, build on something with the quarterback and Rattler and these kids uh, going into next year. And as you stated, they're playing great football. Uh, the market is agreeing right now, up to four and a half. And don't forget, as we stated, uh, Florida, their stud tight end, uh, Pitts um, is out. Uh, their top two wide receivers are out as well. The top three um, pass catchers are gone for the Florida Gators. Whatever. You know they're going to step up. They're going to have playmakers still. They're going to have other – they still have another kid that's a stud too. But um, 
it's hard to overcome this stuff, especially again. And, and it's a great call, as Steve mentioned. I and mean, we're talking about a team that lost three games, guys. And you saw how emotional they were. I mean, the quarterback Trask was literally in tears after the game. He wouldn't leave the field. That was an emotional game against Alabama. Now you got to dig down deep. Oklahoma's tired of getting sand kicked in their faces by these SEC teams uh, in the playoff games. I think payback uh, comes here. Oklahoma minus four and a half right now. I want to get into some NFL with you, Steve, but just blasted through the college. Cincinnati's now getting six and a half against Georgia. Uh, Georgia has been playing well since JT Daniels took over the quarterback position. And I'm not the biggest Daniels fan, but I'll give the kid credit. He's played well uh, with them. Northwestern lay three and a half to Auburn. And then, of course, we've got the semifinal games. And another game, actually, that you know I haven't really talked about much is the, uh, the Texas A&M North Carolina game. Up to seven and a half right now. Total 65 and a half. This game should should be a track meet, shouldn't it? Texas A&M and North Carolina? Yeah, and just some of the line moves on these games, like you mentioned, Florida opened a three-point favorite a couple weeks ago, and now they're a four-and-a-half-point dog. So tremendous line adjustment there. But that minus three was just a purely a bad number. I mean, because for the reasons we talked about, um, the total on this game, the North Carolina A&M game, that is, has actually dropped two-and-a-half, three points. 68 and a half down to 65 and a half now, Gabe. So surprisingly, there's been some under money. Um, but yeah, North Carolina can score at will over 40 points a game. A&M, I mean, there's pretty good offensively too. So I don't quite understand the drop in the total. I haven't dug that deep into that game because it's not till Saturday night. Maybe there's some key offensive guys missing, like, you know, we talked about in the Florida game. Yeah, it feels like it's a world away. I know I'm looking at the game. I'm scrolling way to the bottom. But I'm like, yeah, you know, we're not. It's Because uh, we're not going to talk again, Steve. We miss you. You know what? Like, uh, Steve comes on Tuesdays and Friday. next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not yeah. on Friday. I actually, we will be, actually. We will be, but not this show because it's the game. So we do in-game live. So we'll be, like, just sort of doing it, – it's not sports rage. You know what I mean? I'll be on live during the game giving in-game picks and stuff like that. Uh, but, you know, the regular show. So, yeah, we won't speak again until the following uh, Tuesday after that. But uh, we'll have the NFL playoff picture settled. Um, so what what about Notre Dame and Alabama and Ohio State and Clemson? Seems like Clemson and Alabama are on a collision course once again, doesn't it? Yeah, and obviously the odds makers had to inflate the lines on both those teams, especially Bama. I mean, they've just been a point spread machine. We you know we talked about that Florida game earlier where Bama won but finally did not cover, but uh, they were covering left and right all season. You know, going into that game, um, Alabama was ten and zero straight up. And they were eight and two against the spread in those ten games, which is remarkable considering how public they are. Um, and Clemson's becoming more and more public after their blood of Notre Dame. I think the uh, the Ohio State. I just don't know if Notre Dame can can score enough to keep up in that game. The Notre Dame defense has been strong, but they haven't faced anything like Alabama. And the fact that Notre Dame lost by twenty four to Clemson is probably not boding well for them. Uh, the Ohio State Clemson game, obviously, the one that should be more competitive. Ohio State's defense has been real suspect this year. I will say they've played better the last two or three weeks, but they really have yet to be tested. I mean, they haven't faced that many strong offensive teams the last three weeks, and it's a huge step up in Clemson. I think the one thing is for sure is Clemson can score in this game. You know, maybe like Clemson team total over might be the safest way to play it. Uh, I've seen it anywhere from 37 to 39. You know, I what if Ohio State, if Ohio State's going to hang around in this football game, they better put points up on the court because you're not going to stop Clemson or with Merrill on the other side. Bring it. Non-stop live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. What, are you not going to listen? We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. 
Took you long enough to get here, Sporto. Now that you've found us, keep it right here for sports news you can use. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. Sports Grid is available on the radio, internet, TV, satellite, and don't forget our mobile app. So if you're not getting it, you're just not trying. Keep it right here. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Late night anger management class continues. Screaming a warning level one. Andrew McKinnis is going to step up and kick it with us. Drew Martin bets as well. Uh, we've only got one more show uh, left uh, in the new year as far as the late night anger management class is concerned. Tonight and then tomorrow. Tomorrow should be off the hook. Although we can't get too crazy because we got to do game time decisions on on Thursday. Yet tomorrow sort of is our New Year's Eve party. Last week we had the Christmas party, but it took me like four days to recover, and I got pretty sick uh, after the fact. Uh, but that's that's another story. Steve Merrill uh, with us. So Steve, uh, one uh, one thing that we have in common, uh, you and me, we're both fans of first place football teams in the NFL. Never in doubt, Buffalo and Washington. <laughs> powerhouses two, two powerhouses <laughs> what do you think happens this weekend the cowboys cowboys versus the giants and then philadelphia and washington who do you think ends up winning the division so if the cowboys win well, well, first of all i probably you know the scenario so well, you know but just for people who don't realize if dallas wins the game then uh, they need philadelphia to be washington on sunday night same thing if the giants win the game they also need Philadelphia to beat uh, the Giants. So that's uh, Philadelphia to beat Washington. That's the way it plays out. But all Washington needs to do is win to get in. How? What happens, Steve? How do you think it plays out? Well, I would say if I had to root for a team, it'd be the Bills and then probably the Steelers because I actually know the two coaches there. I don't know anybody on the, the Washington football team anymore. So, um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, it all comes down to if Alex Smith plays or not. Um, I put it on Twitter today. I believe 10-5 and five or 10-6 and six when he starts – Six and twenty-six straight up when he does not start for the uh, Redskins since two thousand eighteen, and yes, all those listeners that think I'm politically incorrect—they were the Redskins for two of those three years when he was in the lineup. Um, but yeah, they got to have Smith. If not, they're going to have Taylor Henneke, old Dominion alum from my neck of the woods here, as your playoff-bound starting quarterback. Probably not what you want, but what a train wreck Haskins has been on and off the field. And let's not forget that was Daniel Snyder's draft pick, and once again, why. The Washington football team has not won for over 20 years. Steve Merrill. Happy New Year, Steve. We'll speak to you in uh, 2024. Thanks, Dave. Happy New Year. Bring it. Live on. Lines. Matchups. Injury reports. And news you can use. Sports Grid. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.